0: Like, are you YouTubing like how to make a candle? Yes, exactly. <laughs> YouTubing how to make a candle. I'm ordering a melt pot and a candy thermometer on Amazon and the chipped wax. And you know, I wasn't, I wasn't handling the fragrance chem- chemicals correctly. I was just kind of mixing things together. I made so many mistakes. That's where I learned things like uh,
1: the wick. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Queen, I am so beyond delighted, honored, and just excited to bring you today's podcast. It is a glorious interview with Abigail Cookstone. And I first got turned on to this incredible entrepreneur on a flight from Miami to New York, flipping through Entrepreneur Magazine. There was a full feature on her and her journey that just leapt off the page and into my heart. I was so inspired, enthralled. She has lessons that just we all must, must, must soak up. Um, she had a dream of building a different kind of candle brand when she launched it in 2017. And it was inspired by her passion for art and interiors. Um, she went to Columbia Business School. She uh, worked in the VC world for a while. Uh, She worked at Ralph Lauren. So her whole background and past led to otherland.com and her flagship store in Soho. Um, You're gonna love, love, love this conversation. So sit back, relax, and soak it up. Abigail, it is so great to have you here. I was first introduced to you when I was on a plane from Miami to New York. Uh, at the very beginning of the summer on a solo trip and read your incredible article in Entrepreneur Magazine. So congratulations. Oh my
0: goodness. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm thrilled that you saw that. That was so fun when that came out. I was actually in, um, I was coming from Palm Beach to New York. I was in the airport when I saw that come out and I was like, you know, like crying, and the the woman at Hudson News or whatever uh, the magazine stand, she made me sign it for her. Um, <laughs>
1: Felt like such a celebrity. Oh, so Thank so you so much for having me. Oh my goodness, it really, it leapt off the page. I was so, I was like, who is this woman? And I must know more. So we're going to do exactly that today. Great. I'm so excited. All right. So for anyone who doesn't know your, we'll do a little bit of your backstory, but then I'm really excited to get into your your current endeavor. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about where you came from, how you started, and then we'll get into your current brand.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm originally from uh, Boston, uh, from Watertown, Massachusetts. Um, and I really, I started my career um, working at uh, rugby Ralph Lauren which was the special brand that they had it's not around anymore and I got my my job there when I was 16 it was on Newberry Street and it was just so exciting it was brand new they had all of the CEOs and executives uh, the corporate team coming through they're trying to figure out how do we create this new Ralph Lauren brand that appeals to a younger demographic and that was kind of like my first exposure to you know, it wasn't a startup, it was Ralph Lauren, but kind of a new business. And so I learned so much there. Um, It's also just such a visually stimulating store to work in. Ralph Lauren does lifestyle so well, and the rugby stores were, were definitely that. Um, So I continued my relationship with the company, working, opening different stores for them, working on and off throughout college, and then uh, moved into the corporate office. Um, So first doing uh, buying and merchandising for rugby.com. So that was a little uh, e-commerce exposure. And then I kind of like it felt like fashion wasn't what I was in love with. I felt like this dream I had of becoming a buyer, it actually, it wasn't really clicking for me. And so I needed to make a switch. I wasn't really sure how to do that at the time. And, and, So I ended up moving into art acquisitions, uh, which I I, I do have an art background. I studied art history in college, um, lifelong art lover. And so that was a really fun uh, kind of two years where I got to buy the artwork for the stores, the showroom, uh, and if you're in New York City, the the polo bar. So yeah, so again, this kind of like immersive lifestyle. You bought the the art that's hanging in the polo bar? I did. It was my last project, exactly. My last project. All those horse paintings. You know, we had names for all of them. But yeah, that was uh, my last project. So you know, coming uh, after doing that for a couple of years, um, I did feel like I missed the business aspect, being on that creative side. But I wasn't sure what to do. I thought I wanted to work for a startup, but I didn't know anyone who worked in startups. That world seemed a little inaccessible. Um, so I started to. I decided I wanted to go to business school, so I would take that time in business school to expand my network and being an art history major, increased my, my knowledge. Um, so yeah, so I ended up going to Columbia Business School here in New York. Um, and from that, and listening to startup podcasts, trying to immerse myself in that world, ended up getting a job uh, in venture capital. And that was an amazing year meeting so many different types of companies, um, and in particular, a lot of the consumer brands, so some of these direct-to-consumer startups, the luggage companies, dog food companies, and so forth. So I learned a lot, and it was at the end of business school that I had my, you know, aha moment, where I realized I'm burning candles every day. It's become part of these daily rituals that I have. Wake up, you do meditation with the Headspace app, light a candle, come mm-hmm. home after class, after work, exhausted, plop down on a couch, turn on the TV, you light a candle and suddenly it becomes me time. So I like love this transformative power of candles and scents. And I felt like, um, I felt like they're just, there, there was a hole in the market. So on one end you had these expensive luxury brands, which had really fantastic, fresh sophisticated kind of layered scents. But they're so prohibitively extensive. Like if I could afford to buy one, I would be afraid to burn it. And I would just sit there on my coffee table collecting dust. <laughs> exactly. And on the other end of the spectrum, um, much more affordable brands, a lot of these like really sugary, sweet, cloyingly sweet artificial scents and lackluster design So I feel like there's this white space in the middle where it turned out we could actually work with the same perfumers as the luxury brands, but do it at a much more accessible cost. And then also bring my art background in. Um, So we work with different artists for each collection and
1: edition. We're gonna get there, hold on. Okay, we'll get there, we'll get there. This is, you. you've just painted this like most fluid, of course, like step one led to step two, led to step three. And I love seeing it at this stage where in hindsight of course it all makes sense but did it had to feel like what am i doing next or did it feel disjointed along the way oh completely i mean i
0: remember being deeply heartbroken when my dream of becoming a buyer like i i just i wasn't that good at it i i didn't love fashion it just wasn't clicking it wasn't the environment i wanted to be in that was, um, de- devastating and trying to figure out where do I go to next? And I've kind of passed the point where I can intern different places and it, uh, how do you do it? How, how do you transition careers? How do you even explore what you want or what you would be good at? So yeah, there, there, are, I've changed careers several times at this point And, I think it can be hard to kind of get off of one track and figure out what's next. And you have to keep pushing yourself
1: and searching and seeking to do that. It's really, really hard. When you were at the different junctures, like, okay, you're like thinking it's, it's fashion, then it's retail, but then like business art and then business school, you know, it's like, what, what were the, so many people right now, and we've been talking a lot in the divine living community about living in a world in between worlds, like when that last career, that last or relationship or the last passion that you had, it's like, it's not the same or it's not there anymore. Yeah. uh, Not sound like a Harry Styles song right now, but (laughs) then hasn't started and you're like living in this, give us a time when you were living in a world in between worlds.
0: So definitely it was while I was working in art acquisitions and realizing like this isn't th- this is like a really cool experience but it's not what I want to continue to do um and just feeling like I I needed that that change and and what I would do is is actually podcast like I was mentioning that was how mm-hmm. I first started to, I think, take some steps to to make that transition. And, you know, I'd be typing away at my desk, but I'd have my headphones in and I'd be listening to every startup podcast I could listen to on the way home, in the shower, like every waking moment, I would try to consume this new thing I had heard about that I was passionate about. Um, And so I think in these Transitional moments. I mean, that and, and and also things like having a routine, you can fall back on things that make you feel good every day, like exercise, healthy eating, um, things like that can can really help move you
1: through um, in, into the next phase. So when you were like you had your job and you knew that wasn't the thing and then you're like obsessed with these startup podcasts, did you always know one day you would do a startup so I was definitely a very entrepreneurial kid
0: and I was always starting these little businesses. I actually just found a picture of a flyer that I did for Biscuits Incorporated, which was a dog exercising business. I would take uh, the neighborhood dogs over little agility courses that I set up in our in our yard. So yes, um, I always imagined I would start a business, I just didn't know what that was, and wasn't sure, quite sure how to get there. Kind of as a corporate working adult,
1: was that an ache when you didn't know what it was?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was searching. I, I think definitely in in business school, there's kind of like pressure to like, oh, well, like, what's your idea? Mm-hmm. And I I just I I felt you know, I don't know, sad that I I didn't have that yet, but I also just felt so deep in this period of exploration and learning about the world of startups and the startup community and how founders work and how they live and who they are and how they build. Um, I, I really wanted to kind of like quietly learn as
1: much as I could first and then make my move. I love it. You know, I think, um, there's a real feminine art to exploration and there's a lot of self permission to be creative. Yes. Creative like in selecting the next podcast or the book you're going to read or just even dreaming about all the different options of what it could be. And I think we're so pressured, even as women, like to get it right, to know what we're doing, to like have the answer. Yeah, Um, And that just really, it, it takes, I think, a lot of people down a lot of detours. And yeah. you seem to have, like, a really intact sense of self. Like, you might not have known what you were doing <laughs> next, but you certainly did make a pretty, like, solid next step for yourself. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it was, uh, when
0: I was first thinking about business school, I, I thought about it and was sort of like, I'm going to clear my schedule for the next four months and see if I can make this happen. And that included like going in night school for accounting and studying for the GMAT and like doing wow. vacations. But like at that point, like I felt like I just, I had to get out of there. I didn't have any other options. And like, I had to figure out a way to make that happen and felt a tremendous burst of energy and, and focus from that. But, you know, that it took six years to get to that point of of kind of trying different things. Cool,
1: yeah. cool, cool, cool. All right. So you have this aha moment that candles, this is your thing. This yeah. is like, my idea is here. I'm going to create this like luxury slash affordable, affordable, luxurious candle and like Did it ever like, I know you're saying there's white space in the market, but like somebody else had to like, I think so many people take themselves out of the game because they're like, it's been done. Like, was it that white space?
0: Oh my gosh. So many people were like, your idea is another candle brand. Okay, like, thank
1: you. That's kind of what I wanted. <laughs> Do you know how
0: many candle brands are out there? You could, and you can go to any like farmer's market and find someone selling candles or people selling candles on the street in New York. Like, is that what the world needs? Another candle brand? Yes. Yes. And I so clearly felt like the answer is yes. There just wasn't a brand that was connecting with culture, like existing in a modern digital community forward way and a storytelling way and doing it online first, which most of these candle brands, uh, even the biggest players of them all were really, I'd say 90% in stores online was very small, but things like mattresses when we're buying online, it seemed like I felt like we could do it. And especially taking the art, art forward approach, this visual forward approach, I felt like we could really get over that hurdle of not smelling before you buy it. that we could kind of reinvent this candle experience with a modern brand. Um, and just seeing some of these trends out there, self-care, how important that is now, it's such a big thing. Um, growth of this uh, luxury candle market. And then also um, this idea of like home sanctuary and emotional comfort at home that has been seriously growing even pre-pandemic. Pandemic really accelerated it. But it just fits in um, in our modern lifestyle in so many ways. It's, it's almost this like anti-technology, like antidote uh, to our often superficial seeming modern daily lives. It just like I felt this deep conviction that this company must 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 exist in the world. But yes, so many people told me you
1: are are, you are a crack up to me. I like this is women all deserve to have this level of conviction for their own passion. Like I'm like you're just like I'm just hearing you like no thank you not buying it not taking it like. Everyone's like, "Honey, those other kids like you're like not mine, not this, not like I'm different." (laughs) Totally, I love it so so much. So, where so I come from a service based, you know, like all of our stuff is invisible, and you know, in that kind of transaction, you have an idea for a product. Mm -hmm. Like, where what's the next step other than googling? Does this exist elsewhere?
0: Right. So the (laughs) next step was deep market research. So I went out there um, and I'd gotten like a little bit of a, a grant from school. So I was able to buy, like I did, I think I had maybe 15 candles from out there on the market. So I had high end, I had low end, I had tried everything in between the wood wicks. And then I bought candle making supplies and I learned how to make candles. So in this Wow. little teeny tiny West village, six floor, walk up 250 square foot apartment. I was sharing with my boyfriend who's now my, uh, fiance, Oh my gosh, fiance and business partner. I turned our, our kitchen into this laboratory and was just constantly making candles. And so, so one is the candles that I bought you know, from the market. Um, I would really study what did I like and what did I dislike about them? And things, even like materials. Some of them were tin, some were glass, some had covers, some didn't. Um, And then learning to make candles.
1: All right, hold on. So like, 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 like are you YouTubing, like how to make a candle? Yes, exactly. (laughs)
0: YouTubing how to make a candle. I'm ordering a melt pot and a candy thermometer on Amazon and the chipped wax. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't handling the fragrance chemicals correctly. I was just kind of mixing things together. I mean, so many mistakes. That's where I learned things like uh, the wick. So not all wicks, it's not one wick fits all. So each wick has to be optimized for the diameter of the glass container and also for the specifics of the fragrance. So if there are more natural molecules, you need a looser weave uh, with thicker fibers. Uh, so there are all kinds of different things. So I made a lot of mistakes, but it taught me a lot. It gave me um, a real perspective on what I wanted my product to be mm-hmm. um, and helped me be able to speak about fragrance and then also about the manufacturing process so that when <laughs> I the next step going to see manufacturers I felt like I could really talk about it.
1: Okay. So how how long were you in the lab? I was in the lab. So that was probably like a couple months. Okay. So you did so you do your market research, you're in the lab a couple months. Now yeah. you're like, I need to go talk to manufacturers.
0: So yes. Yeah. So then I was like, I want to talk to a manufacturer and I need to raise a little bit of money to get this okay. off the ground. Cause we I really felt like for this brand, not every brand needs this. We needed to invest in branding work and packaging and product development work. So that whole system. So I needed to raise a little bit of money. Um, and so that that summer, um, I thought, you know, oh, I worked in venture capital for a year. I have built this network. You know, this is going to be no problem. And so for June, July, and August in New York City, I, had, I would pack up my suitcase with some of the candles I had made, some candles from the market, and I would haul the suitcase up and down six flights of stairs in the 90 degree, 100% humidity, New York heat every day, multiple times a day. And everybody said, no, some people would say things like, oh, like we love the market, but like come back when you have a
1: brand, but you know,
0: it'd be like, I need money to create a brand. How
1: discouraged did that get you?
0: very discouraged. And I was going for a a jog one day on the West side highway and someone, a friend we ran into said, so when are you going to give up on this candle thing and get a real job? And Uh oh my God, that was a tough one. I mean, you know, he's just a jerk, but like I, I made me wonder who else is thinking this and can I do this and, and so forth. But, um,
1: we just just kept going and Tell me you send him a candle once a month just to- I know right <laughs> I know that schmuck yeah well, so yes I uh,
0: it actually makes me excited when I see him now because you should now um glad I didn't listen to him Um, but yeah I mean of course it was so discouraging and felt like I was close, but there was something, they wanted to see more progress or whatever. And and finally, after months of this, um, someone said yes. And that was enough. I put that right into the beginning of the branding and design development work. And honestly, once I had sort of the first draft of of the product design and, and brand, it was much easier to raise a bit more money. Um, people
1: could just see see the vision coming to life. That first, yes, I have to ask. Usually, it's a breakdown before the breakthrough. Yeah, like, were you just you like beyond your eleventh hour? Like
0: totally, it was the middle of August, and it had yeah exactly been months of of trying for this. Simultaneously, my, my mom had uh, cancer. She, she had gotten diagnosed right. right my second week of business school. And so by this point, so this was right after school had, had ended, she, uh, she'd still been working full time, but she retired and things were getting a, a lot worse for her. So I was spending a lot of time in Boston. Luckily, I could be flexible in this way to go, go see her when I needed to. But it, it really was a, a low point. Um, kind of knowing that my mom was probably not going to make it um, much longer and just not knowing what, you know, my future would hold.
1: Wow. 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 So did, um, the person who say yes, come from like the least likely yes. would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it
0: was like in an email I I like, didn't (laughs) I, I, it was yeah. I I mean, I just remember like crying on the streets of New York because Mm. I, I was, um, so thrilled, but you know, the reality is when you're pitching, you have to keep in mind, you're, you're not asking for money. You're inviting someone to get rich on your rocket ship. Mm-hmm. And that sounds, that might sound ridiculous, but it's actually not. And okay. especially women, I think need to get
1: comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Incredible. So when you, so the first round of money that you're raising it was just for branding it wasn't even like the big business plan it was just let's get a visual element going here
0: yeah exactly and and be able to you know have product and packaging design that I can then go out to
1: manufacture yeah and just out of curiosity was the person who said yes a man or a woman it was a woman wow wow yeah. super cool super yeah cool okay what happened next this is like a netflix movie oh my god no so what
0: happened next um so we you know we, we did all this branding work which was amazing um really came together i saw the first draft of the branding on december 22nd and it was like That's my birthday Is it? (laughs) It was like so amazing. It was so exciting. I, uh, went back to Boston for the holidays and I I showed it to my mom and there were two different directions and she was really, this is very her, but I would say, you know, which one do you like better? And she would ask me questions because she wanted me to know I had the answers inside myself. She didn't want to answer them for me. And we, uh, we had a great Christmas um, I came back to New York for, let's see, like one day in which I had a pitch meeting and I got, I got, I got the investment and then I quickly came back to Boston and it became pretty clear that my mother was about to pass. And so she passed away January 10th.
1: So Sorry. So
0: it was like, you know, life was, was starting with other land and getting going, but at the same time, everything with, with my mom. And I was really, I'm really grateful for a, a lot of things, but um, that I was able to be there with her and spend a lot of time with her and, and to help her to pass. Um, I, I feel very, very lucky for that. And that I was able to have a flex, flexible schedule be able to work, you know, in in Boston when I needed to. And so that was, you know, a whole process um, to go through. And I was 28. Um, My dad uh, was a bit older, and he had had Parkinson's for a long time. So he uh, very advanced at at this point. So he was actually in a nursing home. And so he ended up uh, passing away. Uh, a couple months after yeah so I, I'm an only child, so it was like it was a lot i i i a lot of things happened I you know, cleaned out and sold the house I did all of these things and and you know it's it's your whole your whole life is changed in a very dramatic fashion and so it it took um you know a, a while to get things um to kind of get back to a point where I could really give other my full attention. And it was just a, the hardest time of your life. Um, so yes, uh, and, and say it, and so the boyfriend at the time um, was, was amazing through all of that and going back and forth so many trips to Boston. Um, and that summer, so I, I still one thing that came up in a lot of pitch meetings is like, do you have a, a co-founder?" And I, I didn't. Um, investors, you know, love co-founders. And Sayed said, "You know what? I'm really excited about this Otherland idea. My operational and finance background is sort of the perfect complement to yours. Mm-hmm. Why don't we team up and do this together?" And so we gave a lot of thought. Um, I, I could hear my mother being like, don't ever do this. Don't oh. work with your family members. This, this is, you know, don't do that. But, um, you know, we, we made our own choice. And to say it ended up, ended up joining Otherland as my co-founder. Um, and then we decided, I felt like the brand had to launch that year. Hmm. And so we launched December uh, 12th. 2017 oh my goodness yeah I mean it was a, it was a messy launch but we launched wow. we just we
1: had to do it so what a testament of like it was the worst of times and the best of times and the mix of like yeah everything everything wow wow wow
0: yeah I did grow up
1: pretty quickly <laughs> that year yeah so let me just back up, um, a little bit on the entrepreneurial yeah. journey. So it's like, you're like, so you're like, went into, you went into your first pitch meeting and you got it. So how did you know what to prepare, what to put together, what to pitch or how to pitch it? So for the pitch meeting, um,
0: so, um, I think from a working in venture and being kind of immersed in the startup world, I had some ideas. So I, you know, I'd seen pitch decks and there are many online, you can see, Um, but putting together the, what's, what's the market, what's the opportunity, the, what's the problem, the solution, who's on the team? um, What are kind of the key components of your thesis um, and, and this company? So I had that, um, I did uh, get a designer to help me with the deck, which is I think really important. Um, the way you communicate, especially in decks is is critical and having a polished deck makes a big mm-hmm. difference. Um, it can be a huge distraction if it's if it's not. Um, something else that was recommended to me in my first couple of meetings, I, I wasn't bringing the candles with me and uh actually it was haley barna who was the uh founder of Birchbox. Mm -hmm. she said to me you know if you're pitching a candle company even if like you know you're making candles at home and they're not quite right and you don't want to bring it and say well this is the product you know bring something people need to be able to smell what the options are out there understand the market a little bit better and i thought that was a great tip so even though I was lugging the suitcase up and down the stairs, it was great to be able to show, you know, here's one of the more affordable brands. How awful does this smell? Or this mm-hmm. is uh, this quality makes uh, a luxury candle. We're gonna use this and this and this. So, um, having things that people can touch and smell and interact with, I, I think is really important for, for this this type of of product.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then at what Point, did you have to have like the more robust business plan put together
0: um so that was I think like after we kind of had uh the money for for branding and and you know that was sort of evolving at, at the same time and so have putting the launch plan together um and all of your marketing channels and so forth
1: yeah kind of in tandem and because I think that there's a lot of women listening that might be like well I've I'm kind of a visionary, I'm a creative, like I've got an idea, like, what does that mean in terms of e-commerce, retail, like how to even put those numbers together, make those projections or anticipate all of the details? Right, right. I mean, honestly, like a financial model,
0: I think at those very beginning stages, like uh, you, you're kind of making it up. You're you're, you're guessing. But it, it, you know, you don't know. You're not going to actually know what your acquisition cost is until you get out there. You can look at comps. You do your best, but it's just more kind of putting it together and going through the exercise of, and understanding kind of how it works. Um, and I think investors, if if you if you choose to pursue investors, they know that it's more about just talking through your, your process and and I, th- I think.
1: I love how you don't overcomplicate things. I mean, you're clearly a hard worker and you, you're in depth and thorough, but I think there's so many women that would like think that they had to like know way more details and cross every T and dot every I. And you're like, eh, we'll figure it out. Like I did enough. But that's like,
0: but that's, I think that's important that um, you need to get this idea of a minimum viable product. Like you need to get the cheapest, most basic version of your product out there then get feedback and then you iterate on it. You're not going to get it perfectly the first time, but you need to get into the cycle of like, put it out there, test, get feedback, iterate, put it out there, test, get feedback, iterate, and just like be
1: understanding that like, you're you're not going to get it right. You got to figure it out. I love it. What advice do you have for all the perfectionists out there, regardless of what industry they're in or like, they're like, no, it has to be perfect when I do launch it. I know. I mean, I,
0: I I still am a perfectionist in, in a number of ways, but, um, I, I think you, you just, you have to accept this. Like you have to, or find someone who can help push you to understand that, that um, this must happen, or you could go down some
1: roads that, that are not advantageous for your business. So right. easier no. said than done, but. No, I love it. You know, one of my mentors said perfectionism is for poor people. Oh, <laughs> wow. that's quite, quite a statement. My God. And and what I see in you is your devotion and passion and commitment to getting the product out there. And I think that there is a certain amount of hiding and procrastination that goes on and mm-hmm. being overly perfectionistic at the beginning. Okay. And, and um, you just seem so much more committed to your like, this is happening. Yeah. Uh, and something
0: also too like i set a deadline that otherland had to launch in 2017 and so like creating that structure you know we had to launch and it wasn't perfect and you know we were up till 4 a.m packing boxes that were popping open and you know it, making creases and hand sealing them in a way that's oh, wow. not at all what we intended and, and it's only not one number one of a number of disasters but something like that setting a, a deadline and sticking to it.
1: Awesome. So let's talk about the launch.
0: Yeah. So uh, so we launched um, online. And online online mm-hmm. so otherland.com and it's funny you you open a store and that's a very different kind of opening experience but you launch a website and then it's like okay we got to get some traffic Mm -hmm. Uh, the website is out there in the world now we got to get people to go to it and so we had invested in some press for launch Mm -hmm. and that was great um our our main traffic source for a while at the beginning uh, was from this fast company article that came out the day that we launched. So that was huge for us. Um, But then you, you're out there and and you've got to continue to get traffic and diving into digital advertising. Of course, you never want to be too reliant on that, but uh, really building our social, our organic social, that was a huge, huge thing for us. Um, And a big, our,
1: our first hire was, was for social. Well, you've done such a great job well with all of it but also that we'll make sure that everyone gets the links and and oh, follows great. you
0: Thank um you and know. TikTok.
1: be sure to follow us on tiktok oh good okay great we'll we'll make sure of that too the you know i gotta say when i was reading the article before like because i hadn't gone online i was on a plane you know i was like i'm reading the article and i'm like this woman, it's a candle, like, she's, she's, like, acting like she invented the concept of the candle, like, it's, like, like, her thing was just so unique, and I have to admit, they really are, like, they really, they really, really are, like, you're, you know, I'm just, I love seeing a through line in a woman's life when things aren't disjointed, and they all make sense, and your art background, and the, you know, it's, it is looking like the looks, it's like looking at these pieces of art. It's just. Thank you, thank you. Gorgeous,
0: gorgeous. I'll just quickly tell you about this one here. So this one is called Match Point. Mm -hmm. So it's from our Beach Club collection. And so um, this was inspired by my first job in, in New York City was working as a ball girl at the U.S. Open tennis tournament. So when I was thinking about summer memories, summer scent memories, I said to the perfumers, do you think you could do something elevated around the scent of a freshly popped can of tennis balls? And so this is tennis ball, cut grass, and cucumber water.
1: Oh my gosh, how special. I love it. And like you said, the story behind it, it's just, it's really yes exquisite so how long were you online before you opened your first store
0: um let's see uh what four four and a half years yeah and so well, we just opened our, our first store like a couple weeks ago well,
1: you had the pop-up at rockefeller yeah, Center, right? we had
0: the pop- yeah so we did the pop-up at rockefeller center and that was um like half of May and June, and then we opened our our flagship store in Soho on 454 West Broadway uh, three weeks ago.
1: Congratulations, congratulations. So what was that process like going from online to brick and mortar?
0: Well, so I was so excited about it, especially because I got my start working in retail, and I just, of all of the things that Otherland is, we're very much about these sort of immersive experiences, a candle as an experience in a jar. And I really felt like we could excel at creating this visually stimulating and sensory um, other land IRL in real life. Um, so I was very excited about it, I had lots of ideas, um, but the pandemic is is still a, a sort of scary thing to navigate. And as a business owner, we, we'd first started thinking about opening a store. Um, we started looking at retail spaces in August of last year. And then the Delta wave that, that came and, and we got cold feet and we got really nervous. Um, and of course, Omicron didn't help. Um, but we, We had to make some tough decisions there about, is this the right thing and the right time and and all of that. But we decided in January, we really needed to make this happen and who knows what was gonna happen with the pandemic, but we needed to do it. and we had, yeah, lots lots of ups and downs in the process. I learned so many things. I mean, just the real estate part of it is, is a lot. It's, it's tricky. I learned things like, so scaffolding. So New York has this thing called Local Law 11 and every five years it, for brick buildings of a certain height, scaffolding has to go up and every brick has to be checked. So you need to find out with the landlord where are they in the local law 11th cycle? And we found, we had our, our dream location. Everything was great. We had the lease draft, but we were about to sign it. We had been asking about this. You got to tell us where, where, where we are in this. And the day we were supposed to sign the lease, we found out scaffolding was going up for eight months. <gasps> and we already, we already had the designs drawn up. I mean, we already had all of this. And so that was a tough choice, and we we talked to a lot of our advisors, and and we had some great people around us who were able to help us from Credo Beauty and Soul Cycle and Casper, and they all said don't don't do it, and it was so hard, but we walked and we found a new location.
1: Wow, even
0: better, yeah. So it it was a a, a big it's a big process.
1: That's only the tip of the iceberg, but the store is so awesome. You have to come and visit. I definitely will. I definitely will. And, um, did you have mentor, a mentor or mentors along the way?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Nadia Bujarwa and Lydia Gilbert from Dia and Co have been amazing. Um, they're female founders, they're investors in other land. Um, and they, it's just great to be able to to call someone whenever you just want to talk something through or what have you. Um, also, I have a, a therapist that I talk to and working mm-hmm. together with Sayed, who we can call on if we need to work through something. But having that support circle around you is just so important, um, especially I think you know with what I went through with my parents and and having people I can call on when. I need help. That's maybe even something in the past I haven't been great about, but I I think you can improve on that if if you need that.
1: Oh, it's just, it makes, I mean, well, you're talking to a former psychotherapist turned transformational coach. So I'm like, yes. Why figure it out on your own or why shove all those emotions in when it's like there's people for that? So totally, totally. You know, and it's really, you know, um, my husband is my CEO as well. And, you know, there's, there's relationship dynamics and then there's business partner dynamics and then there's the combination. So it's really smart and really healthy and really necessary to have, you know, an objective person to work with, have it as a sounding board. So you can move on and issues get resolved.
0: Totally. And so like, I've got mentors, he's got mentors. There's some people we share, but we also have our own separate people and like, we need all of that.
1: That's great. That's great. What's been your favorite thing about opening up your flagship store?
0: So, I've always loved like watching our customers react to our product like on Instagram when when people share it on Instagram having your own store is just like you get to watch that all the time and mm. it's so fun to see people come in and talking to them and you know they smell things. They pass it to the person they're with. What do you think of this? So oh, I love this, not this. Just hearing people's reactions. Oh my gosh, this reminds me of studying abroad in Paris and being in the tuileries, having a picnic. Um, so I, I am just so excited to to be yeah with our customers and learn from them and, and hear what they want and what is exciting them. Um, we're doing a lot of events too, which is really fun. Uh, what well, kind of events? Yeah, so we've got, um, we have one tomorrow, which is a a partnership with Dame, which is a sexual wellness company. And so we're doing uh, an an event around their new, um, yeah, it's like a sexual wellness gummy. Um, We just did one, we did a a sip and shop with customers, uh, New York City customers last week, we did a mixology. Event with a new uh, lower proof vodka brand called Body, um, which was really fun. The drinks were inspired by our summer scents. Um, so yeah, we've got a lot of kind of fun things that we're working. Lovely,
1: with. lovely, building yeah, the community. Yes, I will definitely get on that mailing list. Yes. And, and swing on by. Well, or you should come by tomorrow if you're if you're free. We'll we'll send you the info. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, it feels like this is like it like it's the dream you did it but is there I just imagine you're such a visionary that there's always something next in that beautiful brain of yours. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, thank you. Um I I mean I I we're trying to like get the get the first store right. I'd love to open more stores. I think that would be amazing and explore new markets. Um we're working on some different formats of fragrance products, um, and sizes that I'm excited about. Um, so yeah, I think just like more products, more locations to serve our, our customer and, and be her go-to fragrance brand, home fragrance brand.
1: I love it. I love it so much. You have been so incredibly smart, delightful, fun, open, vulnerable. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and the journey. Uh, I can't wait to come in and meet you live and uh, experience the whole brand live. And we're just all celebrating you here at Divine Living and know that uh, it's going to be a great journey to continue to watch. So thanks so much for being here today. Thank
0: you so much. This was such a pleasure and I can't wait to meet, but I'm just thrilled. Thank you again. You're welcome.
1: I told you, isn't she incredible? I hope that this is just a true inspiration to you to go for your dreams, to pursue your visions, to not always have all the answers, to get comfortable living in the world in between worlds, to ask for help, to just really have a conviction of what you are about and what your passions are. I think that her just entire journey is such an inspiration for all of us to dream big, play big, and make sure that we are our own best advocate. So we have all the links in the show notes of where to follow her on Instagram and TikTok and her website and her store location. So check them out, gift yourself a gorgeous, gorgeous candle and stay on the journey. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. And lastly, Take a screenshot of this episode and tag us both on Instagram and let us know what you loved the most about this conversation.